Welcome to the Sarcastic Voyage Podcast. An update is available. Would you like to install this update now? Before you can begin this episode of the Sarcastic Voyage Podcast, you must install a mandatory update. Would you like to install this update now? Sarcastic Voyage is running a program to determine whether or not this update is required. This update is required. Would you like to install this update now? Sarcastic Voyage is downloading the files necessary to install your update. Would you like to download these files? Sarcastic Voyage has downloaded the files necessary to install your update and will now begin installing your update. Would you like to install this update now? Sarcastic Voyage has determined that you do not have enough free space to install this update. Would you like to delete the 14-minute Nick and Willikins sketch to make room? Deleting. 95% complete. Deleting. 15% complete. Delete. Sarcastic Voyage has stopped responding and must reboot. Welcome to the Sarcastic Voyage podcast. An update is available. Would you like to install... You have accessed the secret menu. Please choose from the following options. 1. Skip straight to Radio Adventures, specifically the dotty parts. 2. Bring back the Cow Spanish segment. 3. Hear Matt read a comprehensive list of portmanteaus. Pizza. Tragilarius. Toothletics. Brief capsule. Wheelbarrow. Journalips. Journalips thick. This is the Sarcastic Voyage Podcast, featuring the Sarcastic Voyage unpaid voice acting players. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Did, did, did you watch Blossom? I totally watched Blossom. I had such a crush on Blossom when I was a kid. Okay, so her deal was she had a hat, right? She did. She No, she had a series of very large hats. Hmm. Is that it? I think so, yeah. I, don't, I that, barely remember anything about that show. Is that the whole premise of that show? Girl wears hats. Yep. Huh. Yeah. Everything about that show has been replaced by I was in love with this girl for about two years. Uh, no, I get that. I understand that. I certainly... Well, no. I don't think I ever watched something just because I thought someone was hot. I don't think ever? I ever did that. But but I certainly had crushes. Mm. No. I, I, I just... I don't know. There's always been porn available. Yeah. And so it's like if I want to look at somebody cute, I can look at them in the context that I would rather see them in and not have to sit through a horrible sitcom to do it. Well, see, I did not have porn access at uh, all. Like, we didn't get the internet in my house until, uh, God. Oh, no, no, I'm not talking about the internet. No, I mean porn in general. But, like, look, my my dad moved out when I was, like, 9 or oh. 10. Yeah, okay, fair and enough. And he took his porn with him. That's, that's the primary source of porn yeah. for a young boy. If if your dad's gone and consequently your dad's mattress, yeah, where no, are you gonna find moved, it? He moved in with my grandma, and guess what? The last thing I want to do in my grandma's house is, I'll give you a hint. It's look at porn and jerk off. Yeah, I did that anyway. Yeah. Your grandma didn't really mind. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that that setup, that joke, that basic skeleton of a joke has been around since caveman times. Yep. Hey, you thought I was talking about one thing, but I'm talking about another similar thing that could be confused with that thing. <laughs> it refers to banging someone in your family. 
Sugar Crunch Cereal presents The Radio Adventures of Matt and Algar, starring Matt Robotham and Ron Algar Watt as themselves. Our story so far, responding to a distress call from Commander Slap Strongarm of the Orbit Cops, Matt, Algar, and Dottie discover a foiled kidnapping. But complications arise as Carla, the bureau chief of B-O-T-T-O-M, reveals that she was intentionally abducted as part of an undercover sting operation that has now been disrupted. And now, today's episode, Interstellar Pursuit. All right, I've got the paperwork we'll need to fill out for this incident. Since there were two interplanetary agencies involved, I think we'll need both the T-120 and the BG-618.2. Captain Algar, if you could start filling out Miss the- Miss Carla, ma'am. I think I've spotted the kidnapper's ship and my space binoculars. It looks like he's headed toward Mars. Our reports put a large contingent of Ganymede mobsters in a hideout on Mars City. I'll bet he's headed there. Good work, cadet. But I didn't do anything. Not you. Senior Space Cadet Dottie here. Just doing my duty, ma'am. Captain Strongarm, I assume your ship has an interplanetary space rocket thrust drive. <laughs> thrust. Yes, ma'am. A Mark 7. I don't have the serial number memorized, but I'm sure Cadet Gary could run in and copy it down. Right. I'm off to catch up with that henchman. But... Well, that's not good. What is it, Cadet? Well, sir, remember when we stopped at the depot this morning and you asked me to refuel the ship? Of course. <laughs> I kind of forgot, sir. What? How do you forget a thing like that? Well, jeepers. A ship full of cadets had landed on another pad and... And you were showing off again, weren't you? Yes, sir. Showing off what? Most cadets at Gary's level aren't apprenticed to high-ranking officers in the orbit cops. Few of them even see space duty until after they graduate. But Gary won the Slap Strongarm Scholarship, which entitled him to serve with me. I've tried to instill the cadet with a sense of modesty, but he seems to have trouble with that when he's in the presence of his fellow cadets. Sorry, Commander Strongarm, while you were giving that little speech. I was trying to raise Carla on the Cosmophone. Uh, no go. She's uh, probably under radio silence if she's trying to follow that guy discreetly. We should probably go after her and warn her. Now see here. We have paperwork to fill out. You two can't just abandon us to- <sighs> He's right. He is? Yeah, until the incident is duly reported and verified by two BOTTOM agents, we can't legally go anywhere. Dottie, you think you can take the ship and go warn Carla that she's about to run out of gas? But won't the three of you be stranded here in the outskirts of Mercury? Ah, it's fine. We'll call for a robot patrol ship to pick us up. You got it, Mr. Matt. But you can't send a cadet alone on a mission like that. I think we just did. Gary, you go with her. I don't She's think Dottie needs... She's pretty capable. Gentlemen, you may outrank me, but Directive 965.2 clearly states that... Ugh, fine. Go, kid. Hurry up. Yes, sir. Uh, sirs. All the dials are steady. I'm set to... What are you doing here? They ordered me to come with you. Oh, good! Strap in. I'm blasting off. Rockets, go! Why did you say that? Don't you always say that before blasting off on an adventure? No. So, 
How are we going to catch up with that other ship in time? If her trajectory holds steady, we should be able to plot a course at 75 degrees north by up west. Jeepers. How do you know all that stuff? It's not difficult. If we think of our origin as one point in a right triangle and her presumed destination as the second point, we can use Pythagoras' theorem to calculate our heading as the hypotenuse of that triangle. Pythagoras, huh? It's basic math. A squared plus B squared equals C squared. I fell asleep in math. Horses, how are you even a cadet? Wow, we're already coming up on Venus. Who knew all that boring school stuff was actually useful? I see our ship, but it's caught in some kind of- Hot rockets! It's like a cyclone! In space! I was afraid this might happen. And it's coming for us! We're gonna die! I've seen Mr. Al steer through a hundred of these. Hold on tight. Dottie, are you alright? I'm fine. Hot rockets! That was an adventure. No, that was a crash landing. Come on, let's go survey the damage. I don't want to try taking off again until we know the engines are okay. Uh, are you sure it's safe out there? No, but we really don't have any other choice, do we? Okay, I'll check the aft rockets. You check the... What are those? Looks like a pack of Venusian blood bats. There must be hundreds of them. Tune in again for our next exciting installment, Stranded in the Void. Only on the Sarcastic Voyage Podcast. That was the radio adventures of Matt and Algar, Series 2, Episode 2, from March 11, 1953. It's 20 minutes after the hour, and you're listening to 1120 Hindsight with me, Jack Flashback. We have a special guest in the studio with us this week, a familiar voice from Golden Era Radio and Television, as well as a proud member of the greatest generation. 1120 Hindsight is pleased to welcome Mr. Rick Threefold. What does that mean, greatest generation? My contemporaries, the baby boomers, created the finest entertainment the world has ever seen. We marched on Washington, we ended an unjust war, and we booted a corrupt president. We were the last generation that truly mattered. And you quite literally planted the seeds that allowed us to thrive and change the world. I never had children. Honestly, I always found them to be a bit self-absorbed and insufferable. Ha ha! Ha ha ha! I remember when my friends started having kids in the 70s. Man, I felt the same way. Let's get back to what's really important. Your work on the seminal, quintessential series, The Adventures of Slap Strong Arm of the Orbit Cops. I mean, it was just a job. One of literally hundreds I took at the time. Yes, but for those of us who grew up on the exploits of Commander Strong Arm and Cadet Gary... You were part of something truly special. Was I? Just watching those old kinescopes, 
From those first local broadcasts to the peak of the show's popularity as the first nationally syndicated science fiction program on television. You know I only announced the radio version, right? Yes, but you were there, man. You were part of this cultural revolution. We are talking about the same children's show that was dashed off in an afternoon in an attempt to sell condemned irradiated milk, right? It was supercharged. The way you used to say, supercharged, God, just gave me shivers, man. Could you, could you say it for me now? Supercharged. Sir, you have made this junior orbit cop very happy indeed. Please don't call yourself that. For those of us who were there, sir, we can't call ourselves anything else. It was a simpler time. Entertainment was wholesome then didn't have the so-called, quote, moral complexity, unquote, that muddles so much of the popular entertainment that followed. It seems like children's programming just lost its way almost immediately after my peers and I grew up and stopped watching it. <laughs> Funny that. So, let's talk about how, in 1953, the adventures of Slap Strong Arm of the Orbit Cops was merged with the uh, misguided relaunch of the Radio Adventures of Matt and Algar. Well, the original run of Radio Adventures ended in 1935. The performers went their separate ways, and the producer had died. By the early 50s, there was a real interest in nostalgia. They had this ridiculous idea that the stuff they grew up on was the best stuff. And since they didn't grow up in the 50s, we know that can't possibly be true. Right. Anyway, the producer's wife was looking to resurrect the show... They got the original cast back and began to develop a space-based version of the old 30s show. And that's when the bottom fell out of the space craze, right? Are you telling this story or am I? But, yeah, suddenly the kids couldn't care less about rocket ships and Martians. By late 52, the spelunking craze had set in. Couldn't swing a dead cat without hitting a show like Sergeant Stalactite or Geode Patrol or... Cave trotters. Classics, everyone. So, Radio Adventures was still in development. Our show still had a contract. Some genius had the idea to merge the two shows. Why have two failures when you could just have the one? And why didn't you survive that transition? Well, as it happens, I decided to start growing a mustache in March of 1953. Right around the time Joseph Stalin died. Presumably somebody snuck into his crypt and drove a stake into his heart. Anyway, the new boss got it into her head that I grew the thing as a tribute to the old Kremlin Highlander, so they gave me my walking papers. Do you still have those papers? I'll bet you could get a pretty penny for those on eBay. What's an eBay? SVFM Newsbreak is coming up. I'm Jack Flashback. a.m. at 97.7 SVFM. All hit 98. The Noontime Artist Spotlight with Glenn Irons is next, but first, this news update. Protesters outside the American Embassy in Dushelstroom have taken up a tactic they call passive-aggressive resistance to make their grievances known. What do we want? If you don't know, we're not going to tell you. When do we want it? Whenever. If you get time. Doesn't matter. 
I've only been an aide to the ambassador here for a couple weeks, so I wasn't sure what the deal was at first. I came in one morning and there were these post-it notes all over everything, like little policy suggestions. And this one's my favorite. It says, if at all possible, try to stop murdering people who live in resource-rich foreign countries in unjust wars. <laughs> Mostly, I'm just amazed they fit it all on one post-it. This is SVFM. Good noon to you. I'm eminent public radio presenter Glenn Irons, and this is the Noontime Artist Spotlight. Before we begin, I'd like to thank everyone who donated to our recent bi-quarter fortnightly fun drive. Thanks to your generosity, we pulled in our highest total yet, $6. More importantly, we added a number of names to our contact lists, so look forward to being hounded for further donations during our next fundraiser on Thursday and at every successive fundraiser into infinity. Uh, sorry, my producer is signaling me. What I meant to say was approached for further donations, not hounded. So look for that retraction and apology to be issued sometime between now and 2017. Donors can look forward to receiving a complimentary I made a real difference in the world by pledging money to public radio tote bag for each dollar they gave. Because if there's one thing we all need more of, it's tote bags. High dollar donors can also look forward to advanced copies of my new book, They Do It Better in Europe, a comprehensive exploration of how America would be a better place for us all if we could just be Luxembourg. We turn our attention now to music, which is ostensibly the focus of this program. The word ostensibly was in this morning's New York Times crossword puzzle, and I have a small bet with my producer over whether or not I could work it organically into a sentence on the show. So now he ostensibly owes me four euros. Many of us are familiar with so-called fast food restaurants, the crass mass-marketed corporate behemoths we pass on the way to the Prius dealer, our children's private schools, or the authentic third world farmer's market. You know the ones. They stink of grease and poor people, and they use garish fonts in their signage. Today's spotlight shines on a young artist who found himself running afoul of one of these saturated fat-peddling hate crimes in corporate form. So we're throwing ideas around for our next album. That's that's me and my drummer, who, yes, also happens to be my mother. God, I get so much shit for that. Uh, yes, she was on my arm at the Grammys. Yes, we made out at Prince's house at one time. I don't know what everyone's problem is. It's it's like they're your taboos. They, they really don't have anything to do with me. Anyway, so we're brainstorming, right? And I thought it might be cool to write a song about something I hate except I'd write it like I loved it, ironically, you know? So this commercial comes on from McBurgerty's restaurants, something about their new breakfast chili, I think, and I thought, this is perfect. I'll write an ironic jingle about these pigs and hang a sign around their little piggy necks that says, here be pigs. So I noodled the idea around in my head for a while, then me and mom head to the garage to lay down the tracks. I got a call from our legal department that some popular musical artist was using our company's name without permission. Apparently he's protected by fair use. But then Henderson got this amazing idea. We double-check with legal, and it turns out we're also protected by the same defense if we want to use the song in our commercials. It really is a catchy little jingle, after all. 
and our being able to appropriate it really does put the fair in fair use. Henderson will make vice president for that call, if I have anything to say about it. Next thing I knew, they were advertising this new... Okay, they take the marrow out of the fried chicken drumstick and infuse the cavity with cheese. And they were selling these things with my song. So I made some calls, right? And I guess they're within their legal rights to use it? Which is total bullshit, if you ask me. Well, somehow, I don't even know how, I managed to convince them to run a disclaimer that the song was recorded ironically. But I mean, come on. Think about your average McBurgerty's customer. They don't exactly have degrees in English literature, you know what I mean? They don't know irony from, I don't know, subtext or invagination. Jacob Alabaster in his decidedly undelightful corporate quagmire. You keep fighting that good fight, Jacob, using the only weapons you have, millions of dollars, and sneering contempt for lifestyles you don't agree with. Well, that's our show for this noon. I'll be back later today for our shocking This American Tragedy expose, Racism. Believe it or not, it still exists. I'm Glenn Irons, wishing you and yours the best of all possible noons. Now available on HD DVD and Angel Fire Digital Download, Fun Times Video is proud to present its 167th animated feature, The Lincoln Logs Movie. I'm a plucky hero who's been separated from his support system, and now I'm facing an insurmountable obstacle. What should I do, President Lincoln? Son, you can fool some of the people all of the time, but there's only one answer to a problem like this. You have to pick up those logs and build. But what should I build, sir? Why, a log cabin, of course. Featuring the number nine ringtone in all of central Kentucky for the week ending April 26th, the world can be epic. The world can be epic with compromise. Be just like the others, homogenize. Every logs group gets another group. Build a perfect cabin, no need to improve. Meeting in the middle, now that's the key. Fitting in with others, our priority. Every perfect cabin made of perfect wood. Every piece fitting where you knew it would. The Lincoln Logs movie. Own it today. Remember, son, when life gives you logs, you build a cabin. Wow, you're so wise. You're listening to SPFM, home of Cooter and the Bears Morning Zoo. I'm standing on the Spiro Agnew Bridge, and unless you could give me a good reason not to, I'm going to jump. Well, go ahead. Yeah, what do we care? But, but aren't you supposed to? We've got a dedication going out to you right now. You there, the asshole holding up traffic on the Agnew Bridge. Here's Van Halen. Tell us back before you hit the bottom. I want to know what that people crapping their pants before they die is true. <laughs> Cooter and the Bears Morning Zoo on SVFM 97.7. All hit 98. No one else has suffered. No one understands. No one else has lost a girl I miss holding hands Full strip bliss with No One Else Has Suffered I'm Mikey After Midnight and you're listening to Mikey After Midnight with me, Mikey After Midnight
We're coming up at the end of the show, but I think we have time for a few more callers. Hello, line one. You're on with Mikey after midnight. Thank God I've got a hold of you. They'll correct the entire time. The total is it. Wait a minute. You're not Aaron. No, this is Mikey after midnight. Mystery. Unfathom. Unex. Aaron Fawcett's conspiracy show is up next. Oh, damn it. I always forgot you savages are still using daylight savings time. All right. One more caller. Beg your pardon? That song from that movie, Play Misty for me, can you play that? You mean Misty? That's the one, Michael. Is this my mother? No, Michael, I'm not your mother. Because if it is my mother, I'd ask why you've changed the locks. I know I'm supposed to be away on my semester abroad, but when I got to Portugal, my host family wasn't even home. I later discovered via Twitter, of all things, that they just turned out the lights and pretended not to be home. Anyway, so now I had to come back, only... The locks were changed, and now I live here at the station. My knife and I can keep you company, Michael. You're not selling Cutco, are you? Because I fell for that scam freshman year, and I still have the starter set. Alright, if you have laundry soap, I could really use some laundry soap. Hi, this is the Mikey After Midnight Show. You're on the air with me, Mikey After Midnight. Michael. You're not my mom either. Why does everyone keep calling me Michael? Michael? Who was that who just called? What? Oh, some dude calling for the show after my show. Which is Mikey after midnight. The woman, Michael. Who was the woman you just hung up with? Oh, I don't know. It's mostly women who call here. Very single-minded, very focused women. I'm going to need their names, Michael. Well, that's how Cutco works, isn't it? They don't let you go door to door. You have to get people to give up the names of their friends. You know, if I had a nickel for every poor college kid I've seen sucked in by this scam, I'd probably have enough money to get some good and plenty out of the vending machine. I love good and plenty. I'm coming for you, Michael. And I'm coming for them. All right. Time for one final caller. You're on the air with Mike. Hi! After midnight. Sorry. Almost left out the most important part. Hi, M.M. I just want to say you've done a superb job tonight. Your show is both compassionate and courageous. Um... Thanks. Your photo on the SBFM website is spectacular. You look great in your white t-shirt. I hope you're having a fantastic hump day. It's Monday. Hopefully one day you'll get their promotion and you'll be Mikey before midnight. LOL. What is happening? I also want to let your listeners know that The Shawshank Redemption is an awesome movie. That's a real controversial stance you're taking there. All right, M.M., I gotta go. Don't fall down in the shower. Yeah, toodles. Well, I can tell from the sounds of Aaron Fawcett trying to break into the studio that my time is up. Stay tuned for Enigmas of the Inexplicable right after this station identification. It's open! Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Tune in tomorrow for nine minutes of continuous, uninterrupted music. I'll make him an offer he can't refuse. Commercial free for over 14% of an hour. Toto? I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. 97.7. Go ahead. Make my day. SVFM. You talking to me? All Hit 98. I love the smell of Nightpalm in the morning. The best rock, the best talk. The station that everyone can agree on, even the boss. Rock's And don't forget tomorrow's TGI Zonday, featuring three, three, three in a row from Internet Flash in the Pan, Tay Zonday. Chocolate rain. Some stay dry and Somehow chocolate rain Makes the best of friends begin to fight chocolate rain Three quick
Gently crashing through your veins, chocolate rain. Using you to fall back down again. SVFM, lock and load. Stay frosty and watch your six. Show me the money! I'll be back. I'll have what she's having. Greetings and salutations, seekers of the night. It's 2.47 a.m. on a Monday morning, and it's time for another rendition of Mysterious of the Unexplained with myself, your host, Aaron Fawcett. Tonight's topics include the incoming invasion of saucer medicine men, the rampant jingle of a phantasmagorical squirrel, and revelations about the lightning bolt that struck the radio tower last weekend. Caller number one, you're on the air. Oh, there you are. You're right, Aaron. The total is just over 2,100, so I'm clearly in Micronesia. I'll, I'll call again later. <laughs> this time, I really do mean later. <laughs> well, we're off to a wonderful start. Caller Zui from the Badlands, what's on your mind? Aaron, this is Cack. I have a hard time reading in the shower. Could Alan's at all be responsible for such an event? And if so, what can I do? Cack, as you'll know if you've read my most recent book, Ascender's Tinder, you'll know how I discuss this very topic in my most recent book, Ascender's Tinder. Now, it's common enough knowledge that the compact region that is a shower can prevent... Cack, let me ask you. Do you have a bath shower or, like, you know, one of those little glass shower dealies? I have an guest room where I spray myself with a high-pressure water hose and defecate in the broom closet. Ah, uh, of course. Well, in that case, an inalien invasion would definitely prevent you from reading in the shower. I suggest switching to audiobooks and not calling here anymore. Color 3X plus 6 equals 18 from the Goodlands. You're on the air. Aaron, I am indeed on the air. My name is Chuck, and right I am right this second, plummeting to my death from an escaped hot air balloon somewhere over the Pacific North to Southwest. Could my life be saved by a government conspiracy? Ah, uh, Chut, that's a question I oftentimes ask myself. Chut, it's never been about what the government conspiracy can do for you. We don't have them to make our lives easier, for God's sakes. It's about what you can do for the government conspiracy. And it seems to me... Chut, that the best thing you personally can do is crash land on something that needs hushing up. I personally recommend a pet store or a local teenager. They're always up to something. Thanks, Aaron. I have to go burst now as I hit the earth at 10,000 miles per second, per second, per second, per second. Well, Chut, it's been some sort of pleasure. Well, next up, call Delta from Coffin Top. Aaron, do you ever just... Look around your cave and think, is there more to life than just eating bones? Well, prehistoric saber-toothed tiger. This is a prehistoric saber-toothed tiger, is it not? It is not, not a prehistoric saber-toothed tiger. That is correct. Well, I have personally asked myself that very good, great question, you know, the one about the caves and bones, 746 times. Mostly just after I graduated from college. Now, prehistoric saber-toothed tiger, you need to remember to stay strong. Do what you know how to do, and do it well. You'll also need to remember that this is not an advice show, it's a conspiracy nut show. You know, like if the X-Files was radio, I, I think that was our basic premise. Thanks, Aaron. I'll sign off now. Do something else. I love your show, and also not dying from extinction. Godspeed, prehistoric saber-toothed tiger. I'm glad I removed that thorn from your paw. My ma and I are both very grateful to you for 
for that. Call 001101011 from Margaritaville. You're up. There's Solomon Grundy. Well, Saul, I want to believe you, but I'm going to need some more proof. When were you born? Monday. All right, story checks out. What can I do for you? As Rod and Swamp Zombie reanimated by chlorophyll, Grundy have one pressing question. What best investment opportunity for coming fiscal quarter? It's always good to put your money in fish. Uh, well, do you have any money that you can put in a fish? No, it, just have fish. Okay, we'll try this. Take a fish and put it inside another fish. Uh, that take too long. Grundy won't get rich quick. Now listen, you have to spend fish to make money. I read that once. On the back of a tuna can. Uh, caller 6, you're on. Aaron, that previous caller mentioned chlorophyll... And I know you don't like taking two similar calls in a row. I've told you people, similarly themed calls stink of structure and planning, and I need to keep the man off balance. Which man? That can depend on a large number of factors. I think right now it's Styles, the sidekick character from Teen Wolf. Now, what's your question? Well, my friend recently turned into a plant, and now all he ever talks about is photosynthesis. It's literally his answer for everything. You want to get a pizza? Photosynthesis. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Photosynthesis. Drives me up a wall. Now listen, we're all sick of photosynthesis. But there's nothing we can do about it. It really is the answer to all of life's questions. All of them? Well, one of them anyway. Call seven, but the letter V in the word seven is replaced by the numeral seven. You're in. I'm still counting, Aaron, but it looks like there may be as many as a, oh, 2,100. Well, you better count them all. Otherwise, how will you know how many there are? Oh, good point. I will have called back. Oh, goody. And now, listeners, a word from our sponsor, Winchester Tires. Honey, did you check the tires? I think they're... Sorry, guys. It looks like we lost power in here. Okay, seriously, guys. The lights are out in here. What is this? A power outage? Do you want to wait for them to go back on before we start again, or... Hello? Paul? Paul, are you still there? This isn't funny, guys. Seriously, get a flashlight or something. I can't see anything in... Paul? Paul, is that you? Guys, seriously, who is that? Hello? Who is that? Hello? Stay back. Get away from me. Help! Oh, God, somebody... Okay, Sharon, sorry, I... We, I think we lost power for a second, but we should be... Sharon? Hell'd she go? Winchester Tires! And we're back, and I've discovered a huge cache of U2 tickets that Cooter and the Bear ugh, are supposed to be giving away on their idiot morning zoo show, so I'd love to get rid of them before they get to fire up their fart machine in a few hours. Color V-I-I-I-I from the Disappointment Island, it's your thing! Aaron, this is a dream spider. I crawl into your ear at night, and I spin my web into a sort of dream catcher. Then I eat the dreams that I catch. Is this, supposed to, is this one of the eight spiders that each human is supposed to swallow every night in their sleep? Because apparently those killjoys at Snopes have determined that it's not actually true. No, Aaron, I have no physical form. Except when I crawl into your ear. So you're only a part-time dream spider. Part-time dream spider. Part-time physical form. Half. 
First time caller. My dreams, personally? Yes. Ah, uh, good enough for me. You want 60 tickets to see you two at the Thunderdome next Saturday? Not particularly. Well, that's too damn bad. They're yours. Caller 13 and base 6, your time has come. I'm a stabbing ghost. Okay. Not only do I like to stab, I must stab. Uh, you know what? Stay on the line and give your phone number to my producer. I think I have a backstage pass left over for you two. Edge weapons can't kill Bono, Aaron. Though ironically, they can bring harm to his guitarist. The Edge. Do you get it? Sure don't. Call A from Squaresville. You're out. Yeah, Aaron, this is the Dutch's true goblin. Mr. Goblin? How come nobody ever talks about me? It's always Jersey Devil this and Ogo Pogo that and Loch Ness Monster for the win. Well, your problem, my friend, is branding. What can I do? Do you know a guy? I know a guy who will brand you, yes. Now, what you want to do is go down to the boardwalk. Do you have a boardwalk in Dutchel's Druid? I was never completely clear where that even is. You mean that caricature guy? Oh, I went to him. He drew my head wildly out of proportion to the rest of my body. In a little car. Aaron, I don't even have my learner's permit. And then he stole my wallet. My life savings was in that wallet. Why on earth do you not have a savings account? I put the money in a fish, like you said, and I put the fish in my wallet. Well, that advice wasn't for you. That was for that other guy. Financing is a very specific science. Not everyone can just put their money in a fish and hope that it works out. You need to find the sea creature that fits your individual investment needs. Uh, a squid, maybe. Or a seal. A sea opossum. Those guys are all just competition, man. Yeah, I don't know. Find yourself a nice rock lobster, then. Who am I? Commodore E.F. Hutton? Color Elvin. Who the hell is Elvin? Ah, uh, you go. Yeah, I am frozen. My house is drowning. Oh, you mean it's flooded? No, it's drowning. And it's Well, most accidents happen in or with the home. And it's possible to drown in only three inches of water. All right, here's what you do. You're gonna have to perform mouth-to-house resuscitation. Uh, put your mouth around a door and try and make a complete seal. And while you're doing that, I'll send over my good friend, the underwater realtor. Underwater realtor. Call dot dash 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 dot dot dash dash dash. You're through. Aaron, I just saw that movie Left Behind. You know about the rapture, and I'm very, really, very concerned that I'm going to be left behind during the rapture. You know, like the main character in Left Behind. I think his name was Left Behind. Now, the rapture is a test of man's beliefs. How do you feel about photosynthesis? Kirk Cameron says that photosynthesis is a liberal conspiracy. Well, that just leaves Jesus, then. How do you feel about praying to Jesus? Who? Line Triscodecophobia. It's time for you! Hi-ho! Is Kermit the Frog? Close. This is actually Kermit the Fog here. I'm a sentient, malevolent space cloud that enjoys turning people inside out. Wait a minute. You're an evil version of Kermit? I think you meant to call the alternate universe where my sinister doppelganger, Aaron, lives. Hmm. I think you may be right. You know, Jim Henson is still alive in this universe. Yay! Jesus, that was evil. I soldered my tear ducts shut years ago, and I still think that made me cry. Color Catorce, go. Now. Go now! Oh, this is an easy one. Go out into the dead of night with a hammer and a common household tank of liquid nitrogen. Now you freeze those suckers and smash away to your heart's content. Danke, Aaron. Guten Tag. 
Yeah, not if I goot near tag first. Caller Neat Fifth. Speak. Uh, hi, this is John Tizero. I'm I'm a time traveler from the year 2074. My my time ship had crash landed somewhere in the ocean. In in my time, this is all one mega Pangea Walmart. So I had no idea how to work out where I am now. Well, look around you. Just look around you. Have you worked out what we're looking for? Um, I. I see a lot of islands. How many islands? Oh, I didn't know. Uh, should I count them? Yes, you count them, and then you call me back. In the past. Uh, oh, I just realized you already did that. Don't spoilers. I, I will have called back in ten minutes ago. Okay, that's all the time we have tonight, but remember I'll be back tomorrow night for more Mysteries of the Unexplained. Have a pleasant evening, and stop mailing me old mattresses! Today's show has been brought to you by Remembrances of George Lowe. Yes, Remembrances of George Lowe. Al's autobiography that he wrote without George Lowe's consent. <laughs> Actually, it's my new fragrance. <laughs> Remembrance of George Lowe. Uh, we got some mail here. All right. Uh, a couple pieces of mail. Let's lay that mail on us. Uh, first one comes from John Wiggins. Who now, like, you know how uh, Gmail will show you, if, if they're sending from a Google account, it'll show you their little avatar, their little like, sure. picture. He appears to be wearing a pith helmet. Ah. I, I might It's a little avatar, I might be looking at it wrong, but it looks looks like a pith helmet for me. Um, so, well well done you, I suppose. <laughs> nice, uh, nice job. Yeah, that, that helmet is full of pith. Yep. Uh, and he says, what is the worst possible thing you can have for a pizza top? Pineapple, clearly. I I knew you were gonna say that. That was the such it's, the obvious answer. It's disgusting. I love pineapple. Well, you are welcome to it. I don't know why anyone would stick it on no, a no, pizza. No, no, no. Let me say. Yeah, I love pineapple. I think it is highly incompatible with pizza, but it's probably right. my favorite fruit. I, the thing is, you don't just get pineapple. You get pineapple and ham, mm -hmm. and it's got that whole Hawaiian vibe to it. See, I like ham. I'll eat a pizza with ham on it. I don't want any pineapple though. Okay, but do you like pineapple on its own? No. Ah, we'll see. That's the problem. See, I would argue that the anchovy is the quintessential worst possible thing for a pizza. I have never had anchovies, but I would be more than willing to try it. See, I don't like fish, first of all. Ah, see, I like fish. But they're supposed to be particularly oily and salty and terrible. Mm. So, there's that. I'll try but, an oily, salty pizza. Will as you? As long as there's a pepperoni in the back, just in case. Ah. We got a pepperoni in the back. Yeah, you know, just in case. This is our backup pizza. Is that is that like a euphemism? I gave her a pepperoni in the back. My God, I hope not. That sounds like a George Lowe thing. Ah, you gave her a pepperoni in the back, oh, huh? Pepperoni in the back. In the back. Yeah. Um, just slang for your deal. You no, take, I'm not really. I, I don't know. Like I I don't have a funny answer for this, unfortunately. You can What's take the worst this menu possible and thing? Shove it. I think the worst possible thing to have for a pizza topping is like anti pizza. Right. So Which is like, the substance that would make your pizza then obliterate and yeah. destroy the universe. So, like, no pizza, and also the universe ends. Yeah. Because that's a bummer, because one, you don't have pizza. Mm. And two, you you don't live anywhere physical anymore. Yeah. Well, neither of those things is really great. No. But honestly... Think about this. You could have pizza and live somewhere. Why would you not do that? Right. Exactly. I, you know, but honestly, if the universe ended, the first, one of the first things I would think of is, oh, no more pizza. Yeah. That's not good. That would make me sad. 
What is anti-pizza, do you think? See, my first go-to is that it's pizza that's covered in anti-pasto. No, 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 no. No, like like the, the, the opposite. The, the opposite, opposite of The pizza. food opposite. Ooh. Like if you're on a color wheel and like blue is the opposite of orange. Okay, I follow like, you now. Ooh, what gosh. is the opposite of pizza? What is the opposite of pizza? That's what I'm saying. What if that would just be... Like, okay. Pie? Like... Well, think about the inherent qualities of pizza. Mm. It's round. Yeah. So it would be the opposite of round. But you can also get a square pizza. Yeah, but that's not... Come on. Don't don't get stupid. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> square pizza is for weirdos. Okay. No, that's not true. So One of the best pizza places I've been to is yeah. square pizza. But, okay, so you square know. pizza. Or, so first square, of all, it would be square. A square food. Uh, pizza's fun. It's festive. It's right. a thing you have at parties and, and gatherings and, and, you know, so something whatever. Wild. So Lions. something serious. I got it. I got it. I got it. Yeah. It's a tuna casserole. Ooh. Yes. Yep. So if you put tuna casserole on a pizza, that is the worst possible thing because it will cause the universe to obliterate. Yeah. There you go. That is correct. All right. Um, another one from Mike X. All right. And he says, dear Matt now. Hi. How are you? I am fine. Sorry, I haven't written in so long. Things have been busy, what with job, family, and building a new house in the last year. Oh. SV is humming along nicely with sketches that, if I may, sometimes almost sound like some sort of American-Canadian snake-themed comedy troupe. That's Maybe all we've Jimmy, ever wanted. Jimmy Anaconda or some such. Ugh. I'm not quite sure uh, where he's getting snake. I'm, I'm putting out eel vibes. <laughs> if he's picking up snake, I'm doing it wrong. Putting out eel vibes. Yep. Nothing else. I think we got the title for this episode. Anyway, here I am with quite possibly the most important question you've heard all year. No, it's not how's your butts. That's ridiculous. Oh. I don't know why you would if you even expected it. No, how's your left elbows? Ever since I broke mine that one time, it's become a point of concern for me. Are they doing well? Are they safe and healthy? Have they had any unfortunate incidents recently? Any tattoos? Any moles there you should maybe get checked out? Mosquito bites? Keep on sarcasticating, guys, and take care of those elbows. You only have one, except, you know, for the other one. Later, Mike. My elbow, my left elbow, I'm inspecting it now, has a patch of uh, dry, dead skin on it. Ew. I get uh, actually pretty unpleasant psoriasis on both of my elbows. So thanks for drawing everyone's attention to that, Mike. I used to have those creepy sandpaper elbows. Mm -hmm. I don't anymore. Oh, maybe you and gave I them to just, me. And I literally just now noticed that. <laughs> Like, I don't pay, like, I don't know. You well, know, I mean, I rub, how often really do you look at your own elbows? I, I rub soap on them in the morning. That's yep. the extent of it. Otherwise, as long as they keep bending, I, they do their thing, and I just look the other way. Gonna wash my elbows. Yep. But, you know, I'm washing everything at that point. Well, yes. You know. Because you're not a monster. Right. Not a monster. You're a robot. I am a robot. In disguise. Da-da-da-da-da. But no, I, it's weird because I did have those those creepy rough elbows for a long time, and now it's like as smooth as the rest of my arm skin. That, wh when did that happen? Which, listen up, ladies and gentlemen, that is smooth. Yeah, I mean they've they've since replaced uh, smooth as a baby's ass with smooth as Al's arm skin. Yep. And it's one word, arm skin. Arm skin. But no, my my elbow is is better than it's been in a long time. Apparently, um, it's it's befreckled. Sure. Because I, 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 as as a redhead, I don't have the crazy like ginger freckles, but I do have some some freckling they, here they, and there. They've been known to happen. Yeah, but I don't I don't have the you know like like the Ron Weasley look. Right. Like the different different kind of redhead. Um, 
But uh, yeah, it's uh, it sure looks like an elbow. All right. It it bends about ninety degrees. Still pretty good. Allows you to move your arm about. Yes. The lower half of it. This way, that, also that way. Up and down. Yeah, it's doing good. My right one, pretty much a mirror image of that one. Yep. Doing doing pretty good. Still wondering where the the sandpaper went. Mm. What? How does that happen? And why did it stop? I don't know. I'm, I'm Clearly baffled. it came to live on my arm. Oh. Did I give you my arm herpes? Well, I mean, there was that time that we uh, rubbed elbows. Well, that's true. Don't they don't they call that? Isn't that a word for something? Yeah, like when you're um, rubbing elbows with somebody. Schmoozing. Uh, 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 yeah, when you're schmoo. That was the word I was looking for. Thank you. Well, see, you know, it's like we complete each other's sandwiches. So, uh, let's see. This is about past tense, so that's for posted on a core. All right. This is about the Maquis, so that's for post core. Yeah, th these are all for, for post core. We don't get as much mail for Sarcastic Voyage as we used to. That's sad. Yeah. You should write to us. It's sarcasticvoyage uh, at gmail.com. Yes, you can send uh, us letters. You can. Huh? Uh, it's hard not to do the George Lowe cadence once we've been talking about him. Like, I hey, know. I, hey, guys, how you doing? You can send us letters. All right. Uh, the website is ever sarcasticvoyage.com. The next episode we do, episode 180, is a huge celebration of our fifth anniversary. Uh, five years, you know, when you say it, fifth, yeah, so what, that's not that long. Think about it in internet terms. Yeah. Think about how long five years is in, in the sense of internet entertainment. Think about How many things just, are still on the internet? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Think about anything you liked on the internet in 2009 mm -hmm. and how much of that is still around yeah. and regularly re re releasing material. Mm -hmm. Almost none. Like the, the your huge hitters, like the Onion, you know, um, uh, uh, some some of the bigger video makers, you know, like that. Yep. But for the most part, not a lot. Five years is an eternity on the internet. We're still here. One hundred and seventy nine yep. episodes as of this episode. Yeah. Uh, we're 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 doing a big live performance here in Seattle. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Uh, if if somehow you haven't heard of this, and if somehow you were in a position to see it, you should see it. Yes. Uh, information is on sarcasticvoyage.com. Check it out. Uh, and yeah, the next episode will be sketches that you've heard before, but performed in front of a live audience. So uh, you should you should check that out. Mm -hmm. uh, and with that, we will bid you, as we have many times before, safe, safe journeys. This episode of the Sarcastic Voyage podcast starred Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham with Duncan Bosco, Mark Bosco. Dave Fields, Danielle Gregoire, Nathan Lajeunesse, Kevin Lynch, Joseph Ravenson, Amanda Smith, Sabrina Snyder, and Jason Wallace. It was written by Ron Algar-Watt with Matt Robotham and Amanda Smith. Original music by Amanda Smith and Ron Algar-Watt. Special theremin effects by Joseph Ravenson. It was produced by Algar Productions, copyright 2014.